Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Dave. And we're the hosts of the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, where we bring you stories that delve into the science and spirit behind intriguing people doing extraordinary things. Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, episode 14. This week, we bring on a very good friend of mine, Anna Carlson. Um, I came upon Anna uh, midday in Tennessee. I was running Big's Backyard last year, and I was running up. I was running and looking up ahead, and there was this woman who was prancing around the Tennessee backwoods like a monkey. And in fact, that's how I refer to her in my podcast or in my uh, blog thereafter. Um, she was running almost perfectly on the course, and I was thinking, "Oh my goodness, who is this person? How is this person swinging off the trees and picking every single rock to jump off of?" And she was. She was nearly a perfect runner, uh, perfect stride, um, and she looked comfortable and giggling the whole time. I had to run with her. We ended up running quite a bit together, and since we've become really good friends. Um, Anna Carlson lives in northern Sweden um, and really runs in the Arctic. Anybody who doesn't follow her on Instagram, you need to follow her on Instagram and Facebook because her posts are spectacular. Um, makes you want to run in more beautiful places. Anna doesn't lose a lot. She's only raced uh, for about three years now, ultra marathons, and has really won almost everything. I, you know, now I'm biased, good friend of mine, but I really do think that Anna is the up and coming world, uh, world female runner and will be in the, in the top three female runners very, very soon. Uh, her trajectory is fantastic. And without further ado, welcome Anna to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast. Thanks a lot, Dave. I feel a little bit uh, embarrassed right now after your very nice words. <laughs> of course you do, because you also could be the most humble person that I've ever met, um, which also is very Swedish of you. And so, so tell me first, Anna, where do you, where do you live? You, you live in northern Sweden. Tell me, tell me more about where you live. Yeah, I live in a small village called Abisko. So we are just about 135 people living here um, all year round. So it's basically as far north in Sweden you can get. So, well, and surrounded by mountains. So it's a great place to live. Wow. Well, <laughs> 135 people. That's uh, quite interesting. How did you, did you uh, grow up there, Anna? Or is it I moved No, there? I, I moved here five years ago. I was living in another mountain area in Sweden. And then I kind of looking for new jobs. And I ended up in Nordisk and just thought I would stay for one season. But, well, I'm still here. So it's... Uh, Obviously, I like it. It's mm. quite long winters, but it's a, it's a very nice place to run and live. And if you like outdoors, it's it's perfect. Yeah, and Anna, I live um, in Canada, just on the on the east side of the, the Canadian Rocky Mountains, and I know a lot of people who who love wilderness and love the wildlife. Um, they get out there in the mountains every chance that they can. But I don't know anybody who loves the wildlife more than than you. Um, have you ever lived in a city? Uh, could you ever live in a city, or are you just a woman who needs to live in the wild? Um, I've lived in the city for quite a long time. I, I grew up in a small village as well, not really this small, It's uh, uh, but also with a lot of forest uh, around. Uh, but then I was living and studying for a, in a city, in cities for like 10 years or something before I realized that, well, this is not me and I want to do something else. So now I think I would never be able to live in a city again. Definitely not. So I like city. Or like a couple of days. 
So on your journey, you know, figuring out certainly whether you wanted to live in the country, the city, or the wilderness, um, was athletics always part of your life, uh, or did you just sort of find it as you went through? Um, athletics, kind of like, I always liked sports. I've, I was playing soccer for quite a lot of years. Um, so but basically, I haven't been running for that long. I've been running ultras for like three years, and... Uh, um, I didn't like running until I started to run like in the mountains either. So I still don't see myself like a, as a really a sporty person or as a runner. I just like to move around or, like on the mountain and to see new places and, and so on. So it's, uh, it's more like actually about discovering and playing around and actually like exercising and uh, uh, yeah, and running itself. Mm. Yeah, and, and I, and like I want to running on the roads. I think it's super boring. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that's what we found out at, at Biggs is last fall two yeah. last year. I, I think you end up, you know, you know, dropping, you know, because you're 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 bored. But let, let's get let's go back. And we'll, we'll we'll jump into that later. But you know, Anna, when I was watching you at Biggs um, and just your technical skill on the course, you look like a real athlete. A lot of runners don't look like athletes, and we can just kind of you know gut it out. But you look like a real athlete. So tell me more about your your childhood, different sports, different activities. Uh, were you uh, hiking a lot with your family? Did you were you a competitive uh, soccer player? So tell me more about uh, about your upbringing. Um, yeah, I was quite competitive uh, soccer player, and uh, was I have been training like maybe seven to ten times a week since I was basically thirteen years old. So it's always been a big part of my life, and I always like um, on the summer vacations you played soccer outdoors and you went biking to go for a swim, and so I've always liked to do things. Um, uh, but then when I got older, I I quit soccer, uh, and then I just basically went more to the gym, and I was running like a little bit just to like keep fit and um, and more of that. So not really doing anything I, I, I didn't have any passion for, like going to the gym or for, for running at that time. I was just more doing it because it was, I mean, it was uh, a way to keep, keep in shape and it's uh, to keep quite healthy. And, uh, and that makes sense. Pardon? Well, sorry, and that makes sense, Anna, because you know, when, when, when watching you run and, and your technical um, agility, um, you know, lateral agility and, and, and whatnot, um, you put your whole body into, and, and you do it effortlessly with, with, with your technical skill with running. So that makes sense that your soccer player turned, turned into uh, a, a trail runner. That's, uh, that's, that's really quite cool. And so as well too, on social media, I, I love watching your, your strength training and your core workouts because they make people like me and, and, you know, sorry, Joe, not to, to, to put you, it makes us look pretty, you know, um, you know, normal and, and, and average. Um, you know, so, so how often are you doing those, those, those strength training workouts? Because it's, it's pretty crazy what you're doing. I wish I could say I do it every day, but I don't. Um, sometimes I just do it like once every second week. Uh, but that's when I get lazy. But usually, like, I try to do it like at least like three times a week or something like that. Uh, if I ha have more time and I'm not working that much, I try to do it every day. And uh, not for a long time, but like for 15, 20 minutes or something, just basically to um, to get the right muscle to work. 
to work in. And because it's a, it's a nice routine as well. And I like it. I like to feel strong as strong too. And I think it's important not just for the running because I want to be able to go outdoors and like hiking even when I'm old. So I think it's it's really important to to stay quite strong. So you played soccer growing up. Um, what was the, you know, you run a little bit. This is probably pretty typical of many of us. Uh, but then the jump to ultra running usually goes through something like, well, I ran a marathon. That was good, but I wanted to go farther. And so I did a 50K and then I tried. It seems like you jumped right into it. Is that true? Uh, almost. I actually started to run a little bit 10 years ago uh, because I got this idea about running a marathon uh, and I wanted to do it like once in a, in a lifetime. So I signed up for a marathon and I um, was doing more like running training for half a year. And then I ran the marathon and it actually went quite good. Um, so, so then I decided, oh, maybe this is something I can become good at. But then of course I was overdoing it. So I ended up not being able to run for, uh, for quite a lot of years. So it was basically when I moved uh, from the cities to, to the mountain, I started to do a lot more hiking. Um, and I also started to work in a mountain station and that was 16 kilometers from the nearest road. So basically you had to either, either hike there, ski there, or you had to run there and wow. running goes faster. So it's, I was kind of hiking and running and I was also after work going to other mountain stations, maybe like 20 kilometers. I watched a movie and then I went back in the night. So it's kind of ended up like not really running training. It was a way to transport myself and it was like running and hiking, basically some, somewhere in between. So, um, so, so let's go into that a little bit more because like, okay, so, so you got a job. And you needed to, to, to commute. You know, I, I commute to my work by going out and starting my car and, and driving. And, and when I park there, it's, you know, I typically have to walk about, you know, 250 to 350 meters to, to get, you know, to, to the, you know, the base of the, the, you know, the, the, the building I need to enter. Um, you needed to, you know, hike or ski or, or run, um, you know, quite a ways in, and then you end even to different stations. So, so tell me more about this job uh, that, that you end up getting. Um, you basically lived on the station, you, so you didn't really have to go anywhere except when you wanted to leave. Um, and uh, I was, it was quite, quite a small station, so we were just 10 people um, working there, 10 to 12, and we were all living together. And I'm not uh, that of a social person so I needed I need quite a lot of own space so basically uh, to get my own space I went out on the mountain and uh, um, I'm not really good at just sitting around on the stone and and watch uh, so it was just I wanted to see different places and and explore so running became a natural thing to do because it's uh, you get to see more if you if you run than if you hike and what, what were the purpose of these mountain stations? Um, was it to look out for forest fires? Was it to uh, ah, monitor no, it's, wildlife? It's for, it's for tourists. So it's oh, basically okay. hikers or like people that go skiing in the winter and they go on the mountain just well as myself to, to see beautiful places and they need somewhere to, to sleep and eat. And yeah, so it was basically like a, a small hotel, but very basic, basic ones. 
And, you know, for many uh, of our listeners who live probably, you know, uh, further south than you do, I don't think they probably understand how far north Sweden is or how far north the north of Sweden is and how the seasons are really different from the available light that you have. You know, summertime, really long days and winter, well, the day is the same. They'll say less light and more light. So what's it? What's a day like in the summer? It's probably pretty nice to get out, but in the winter, you know, it's uh, dark most of the day, yeah? Yeah, I mean, in the summer, you have 24 hours of sunlight. We have the midnight sun. Uh, so basically, you can go for a run uh, no matter time, and you don't need to bring a headlamp. Uh, but in winter, of course, like, it's, it's more difficult. We have, like, three hours of daylight as no, no sunlight. Uh, in the darkest period of time but it's like i mean since you run in the snow and uh, you have the stars and you often have the northern lights uh, above you i don't think it's it doesn't feel really that dark it's just that you miss the sun for for some time and i kind of like to run in the darkness too because it feels like you are uh, just totally alone and there mm-hmm. are no other people outside at that time but um, and it's uh, especially like when it's super cold and you, I run with my dog and he loves the snow and it's, I mean, it's not really running sometimes because I run on the snowmobile tracks. Mm. Uh, so it's, uh, I mean, sometimes it can be like 30 centimeters of snow on them and then it's more slow, very slow jogging. Um, so it's, uh, it's more basically just to try to keep in shape in the wintertime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of runners as well too, you know, are really motivated by, you know, their Strava posts and, and their paces and on and so forth. But it seems like you, Anna, you're, 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 you, you just want to get out there for the adventure and the views and the smells and the, and, and, and the curiosity of nature and to, to be around nature. It is, it would, would, would you say that that's true? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like sometimes I like the running itself as well but it's I mean most often sometimes you have heavy legs and it's it's boring it doesn't work as you want to and then but I always feel good to be surrounded by the mountains and and the nature so yeah even if I run bad it always feels good but it, whereas I if I run on the treadmill or on, on the road it's uh, it's for me it's a lot heavier so it's, uh, I get some more energy from, from the surroundings. So you, you've now, you know, you find that you love running just, just for this being outside, but then how do you find your way into racing? Because there's lots of us who could just sort of, you know, just go running on a trail or, you know, anywhere and enjoy that. But you've actually turned it into, you know, a bit of a racing career here and now, there's a bit of uh, notoriety that's coming with that, with the races you're doing and the success that you're having. How, how did you choose to actually go race? And then, you know, tell us a little bit about the first few races you took on. I kind of, the first races, I, I never thought of it as a race. Um, I kind of run actually, my first ultra was 107K um, um, long race over the mountains here. So I was basically running back home over the mountain. Um, and it, for, for me, it was just to see if I could run that far. And I kind of thought that ultra running was more about uh, running slow, eating chocolate, 
sitting on the stone and resting for some time. So I, I, I almost brought coffee on the first, uh, like in a thermos. I thought it was more like a picnic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my God. That's good. So during the race, I kind of discovered that, hmm, uh, I, I was a little bit surprised because I, I mean, I run in this kind of environment like every day. Uh, so I was a bit surprised the first time when people started to walk in the uphills and I was like, hmm, is this how it works in ultra running? Um, so I, I did that, but then I realized that I don't think I want to run really this slow. So I took another pace and I, well, I kind of was just running. And then I realized that, hmm, I'm actually the first woman and I'm not so far, uh, I, well, I think I'm the third overall. And then I, I realized I have a little bit of a competitive side as well. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, um, and then also I think the first race was like, hmm, this is really fun. Um, like running ultras is a lot different from running like 10Ks um, and mm -hmm. just like compete because it was for me just more of an adventure. Um, and uh, I think it's just like actually the past year I felt like I've actually been competing and uh, racing and uh, been a little bit, been thinking a little bit more about yeah, I mean, what races I choose and uh, what I do. Yeah, and how does that feel? How does that feel to kind of transition from more of the journeyman, the, you know, the, hey, I'm going to pack you know, coffee and chocolate and get from point A to point B because that's a lot. Of, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, I know a lot of runners who, who never want to compete uh, ever a day in their life, but they just want to go out and run these beautiful courses and be around these beautiful people to transition to, oh, I'm winning these races. Um, I think I can win, you know, bigger races. And I, I, in fact, want to compete. Um, how's that feel? How, how do you find that, that transition is coming? Um, it's actually a little bit, sometimes I think it's, uh, it's a little bit hard because I get really nervous um, before races. So it's, uh, uh, then I always feel, why do I do this? And uh, so on. But then when I'm on the races, usually I think it's, it's so fun. I think it's, I mean, you get to see nice courses, new courses, and you especially in like the past year when I've been um, doing a few races international and you meet nice runners um, and it's kind of become like a lifestyle. And so I think it's, I mean, of course, it's about the competition and it's, it's fun. It's fun to win, uh, but it's not like the most important and it's not really this thing about competing against others. It's more like, Hmm, I want to see how strong I can be and how far I can run and how fast I can can do a course. And I think um, in the end, the most important part of my running will always be like just to be outside and explore on, on the mountain. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to lose that. And I don't think I will do that either. Well, I think that's, um, you know, that's a good point, Anna. And, and to go back to maybe our experience when we first met, um, we were running bigs, um, and it was me, you, and, and, and Torbjörg, uh, yeah. who were running, and we ran quite a bit together, but, and yeah. I remember you were always blaming me for taking it out too fast, and, 
you know, like, oh, we got done too quickly on this loop and you know, let's blame Dave. And I'm thinking you're the only, you're always the one that's running ahead. So you were the one <laughs> yeah. that was setting the pace. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, that's the, the best, well, I, 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 for being a good racer, I kind of have to work about, uh, work with thinking a little bit more and not mm. just doing, uh, oh, this is fun and, uh, oh, I want to do this loop fast. And uh, so I think maybe if you want to be a really good racer, um, you have to be, you have to run a little bit more wise, not just in backyards in, in all kinds of races. So no I doubt. think for me, uh, that's something I have to learn. Well, I think but, that's a challenge to it. So that's going to be fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it, I think what I was trying to get at was that, you know, me, you and Torbjörg, we ended up having these incredible conversations about life and love and racing. And I don't know if people probably are listening to this and thinking, you know, you guys have the energy to talk. Well, yeah, you're running so slow that you can have full on conversations. And I made incredible, I, I made an incredible friend in you and, and, and Torbjörg that day um, and for those couple days. And I think that's it, too, is, is, you know, amongst the three of us. You know, I was thinking, hey, I love these people. These, these people are wonderful people, but they also are forcing me to get out of my comfort zone and, and you know, and, and, and pushing me to boundaries that I need to, I, and I aspire to be too. I, I want to, I want to come out of a race transcending and where, wow, all these people around me that I really enjoy also got me to go, you know, 10% further than what I was comfortable with. And so do you find that about racing as well too, is that maybe, you know, all these people that, that are like-minded like you, that they're putting you into a position where you could end up transcending and maybe maybe, maybe surprising yourself, Anna. Uh, definitely. And I think that's also a reason for, for running races and because it's, uh, it takes you, as you say, it takes you out from, of your comfort zone. Um, and uh, I think it's... Uh, that's that's kind of important not just for ultra running i think it's important for like for everything in life so i think ultra running is in that sense very uh, it teaches you uh like in other areas too so i definitely i think uh, uh, racing is uh, and meeting people like you is putting me out from my comfort zone and it's a uh, it's a big reason why i i like to go to races yeah and so you're you're now living in this town of, oh, you said 135 people. Uh, and, you know, you could be, you know, off the grid and no one would know you're a good runner uh, and you could even be successful locally, but you've now sort of erupted onto the national stage. I mean, very few people can get into Big's backyard. It's a very selective group of people. Even if you're a good runner, you may never get in. And then you've run some other big races. Uh, so you're definitely stepping into the the limelight here, uh, and you know. So how did that sort of happen? From you know, well, I just like to run, and now I'm going to go do some of the biggest races, and I'm going to come in, you know, maybe even the top few people, and then maybe from there, where does it go? Like, are you uh, are you going to you know you're running? Um, well, of course, with quarantine, it's been a very different year, but. How does that, how'd that happen? How do you feel about that, that now there's this visibility about Anna? Um, I, some, I find it a little bit strange, actually, because uh, as I say, I don't see myself as a runner and I definitely don't see myself as a good runner. So it's kind of like, 
the, the times when I win or the times when I um, do something, I get like, I, I get a bit surprised. Um, so I don't really know how, how it happens. <laughs> um, and I, didn't, I think uh, this thing about uh, maybe being able to compete in, uh, internationally a little bit more and it's, it feels weird because I'm just like a girl that moves around on my home mountain trails for most of the time and it's uh, of course I, I do it a lot and like I do run hard sometimes too but it's uh, it's uh, yeah I don't I don't see myself as a runner so I think it's mm -hmm. it's a bit strange. Well and there, there's something to be said for that Anna you know ultimately you know at the age of 34 you're 34 years old? Yeah. Yeah, you, you found your wheelhouse. Um, and, or who knows, maybe you might even be better uh, at something in the world than you are at ultra marathon. You might be an incredible painter and you don't even know it yet. But, um, but you found your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not. Or a singer. I, I, maybe, maybe by the end of the podcast, Joe, we can get Anna singing and find out if she's going to be the next, uh, mm -hmm. next top, top singer. Uh, we don't do that. Let, let's not. Let's not. Yeah, maybe let's not. Yeah. But uh, no, I we. Uh, for myself when I run, you know. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. we all do, and and we yeah. should definitely yeah be running running in the wilderness when when that when that occurs, right? But no, I think that you know you found your wheelhouse. But I also think, and I I, I am a firm believer that in ultra marathoning because it's such a unique sport, and and, and ultimately physiologically we we develop our bodies over time to to take the pounding of of what we're doing because it gets pretty obnoxious uh, out there when you're running for, for days on end. Um, that ultramarathoning, it takes years to develop that ultramarathoning base. Um, some would argue five years, some would argue seven years, some would argue nine years. You've been at this for three years and you're kicking butt. So, you know, do you see yourself, and, and, and maybe your humble self can't really answer this question, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Do you see yourself in two years, four years, six years, really starting to, you know, you, you even say now, you're like, hey, I have a hard time believing that I'm doing well. Starting to believe your own story and to, starting to believe your own, your own results. Yeah, I definitely think so. And I mean, if I look where I started for like three years ago, of course, it's, it's a big difference. And it's, a, I think, um, like for every year, well, since I, for the three years I've been running, I have um, become a lot better for every year. Not just like a better, better at running, but also, I, I mean, you learn something for, from every race. And uh, so I think that's, that's important. And of course, if I, if I continue running for Alcross for another like four or five, six years, which I really hope my body will let me do. And I, um, then I, I think, of course, I will be a lot better than I am right now. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And uh, maybe I feel, I think also I will feel more comfortable on the starting lines and, and so on. I think it's already starting to become like, I'm not really that nervous anymore. And it's, uh, I realized that you can't really stress yourself up like a few months before all the races. And uh, so it's, uh, I'm not really that afraid of like, losing anymore uh, or not doing mm -hmm. really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Anna, you just brought up, oh, sorry, go ahead, Joe. I was gonna say, did you do one of the UTMB races, Anna? 
Yeah, I did the TDS uh, last year. Mm. Yeah. What you, how did you find that race? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I really liked it. The course was beautiful and I think it was nice. Like, uh, it was quite technical as well. Um, and uh, I would have been running this year as well if Corona hadn't well shown up. Um, so I think it's that kind of race that really suits me. Um, in, uh, in 2017, I had an entry in TDS and um, instead I chose to do the Tahoe 200. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And, I've been looking at that one too. And, you know, I was really interested. I got all the points to qualify for, you know, UTMB race and got into TDS. They're not easy to get into and wanted to do the mountains, but I don't know. I felt like the 200 mile distance would be fun to try. Well, it's actually 205, but, uh, yeah, it's a spectacular race. If you ever come over, um, I'll be happy to crew you. And uh, yeah, have I have really been looking at that one actually because I haven't been running a two hundred, and I would like to try it. And it looks like it's it's a beautiful course. So it's uh, spectacular. Really yeah, forty thousand feet of elevation gain and loss, and you know it's up in the mountains. I think you know you start at like six thousand. These are all American feet, and then up to about ten thousand and uh you know courtney has done an amazing job running there yeah. showing how fast uh you know you can get around the lake and uh, but it is it's a it's spectacular the whole time you you really can't uh, go wrong so yeah we'll, we'll crew you for sure if you've ever come over yeah as, as i say i really want, want to do that definitely but yeah, I think you could run the TDS as well. It's and I think right now it's uh, since they changed the course last year, it's uh, it's probably more fun than it was 2017. Oh, anyway, longer now, and it's uh, it's a little bit more of elevation too. Oh, that's nice. So I can yeah. recommend it. It's I mean it's just like it actually like the atmosphere is just amazing as well. So it's it's quite cool. I've watched quite a few videos of, yeah, to see that, uh, that it's probably the most intense atmosphere of all ultra running in the world. I mean, it's quite amazing. Mm -hmm. And then what, what, what made you apply to Biggs or did uh, Laz find you out or how did you end up uh, going to Tennessee? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, actually, like in the beginning of last year, I had never thought about running a backyard. I thought it was like really crazy people that did it and uh, like it uh, seemed so boring. Uh, and then I was uh, um, spending some time in uh, Slovakia in the Tatra Mountains and I kind of felt in quite good shape. Uh, and. I was looking for races on the way back home, but I didn't really find any uh, long ultra race I wanted to run. And then I saw a backyard um, in Elvdalen, and I also saw that Lass was going to be there. And uh, well, uh, of course, everyone in the ultra world has heard about Lass and the Barclays. Uh, and the Barclays is a race I really want to run. Um, so I, I thought, hmm, it would be interesting to meet that person that's uh, the organizer of the Barclays. So I was not really there for running a backyard. I was more there for meeting Lass and <laughs> of course tried the backyard format as well. And then um, I only did 34 loops, um, which I was quite happy for at that time because 
uh, that was the longest any woman had been running on Swedish ground. Uh, so that was kind of my, what I aimed for as well. Um, and then I was talking to Lasse and he asked, do you want to come and run Big Bags Yard? And I thought, hmm, that's, that maybe is quite cool anyway. And uh, of course, I also felt I should be able to do a little bit better than this. Um, so that's how I ended up running in, in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I actually feel that this backyard thing is uh, it's, uh, it's quite fun. It's uh, yeah, it's... more, it, you, and you learn a lot from every time. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? The, the, the race that has no end. And yeah. so, so, so let's move forward. Um, you know, you're going to be running on that, that same course again on, on October 17th. Yep. Um, and you guys are, are running a remote um, Biggs Backyard um, style, style race. Did you want to talk to us more about that, of, of what, what that looks like? How many, how many runners are going to be running in Sweden? Um, it looks like we're going to be 15 runners. And I think mm -hmm. it's about um, equally amount of men and women. Uh, so I think we have a quite strong team with a lot of people that has at least finished like 30 uh, 30 loops, uh, which is which is good um, and it's most of the course is gonna go like on the dirt roads uh, not very technical just a little like we have some technical parts and we have some on the roads as well it's a little bit of uphills too uh, so I think it's a beautiful course um, the challenge in October will probably be it's uh, it might be like some strong winds because we are getting towards winter and this, this is still even though it's a lot further down south than than I live it's still like in the north part of Sweden uh, and of course like it will be dark for quite a long time as well I think it's gonna be dark at about six o'clock or something at that point so we um, but it, that's the same as Big's backyard basically mm -hmm. so it's it's gonna be fun um, yeah so I think it's basically gonna be like I haven't met everyone, but it feels like we're going to be a group of good friends running and trying to push each other as far as, as possible, since it's mm -hmm. basically, um, it's kind of more of a team race, I think, because uh, mm -hmm. it really requires, for you to continue, it requires that your teammates are willing to play as well. Yeah, uh, so I think that's, that's interesting. Yeah, and so to give a little, a little bit of background. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so giving a little bit of background, uh, what, what Anne and I are talking about is, is um, Laz gave me a call, oh, you know, a couple months ago, and, or about a month and a half ago, and he said, you know, Dave, um, you know, the way that, that Big's Backyard was, has been run in the last many years is not going to happen this year because of COVID-19. And he said, but I do want to still have Big's, but it's going to be in a very small way. We're going to have... 15 runners or so coming to Big's backyard in Tennessee, but they're only going to be the, the best American 15 runners. And he said, what I want you to do up in Canada is I want you to develop a satellite race where you invite the top 15 Canadian backyard racers and compete with us in real time. Uh, we're going to broadcast it. So we're going to be doing the broadcast up in Canada. So, you know, in Sweden, the, the feed is going to come to Canada and we're going to be broadcasting that and telling a story alongside of that. But he said, you know, what I want is I want 20 to, to 30 satellite races all over the world 
from all these countries that do well with backyard. And to be honest with you, the United States and Sweden are the top two countries in the world when it comes to backyard racing. Uh, you guys are a powerhouse. It's, it's incredible the, the amount of, of quality runners that come out from Sweden that do well at backyard racing. So, so that's just going to be it. Is Anna's going to be in a race um, in Sweden. I'm going to be in a race here in Canada with another 10 to 15 runners. Uh, there's ones in New Zealand. There's ones in Australia. There's ones in in Middle East, everywhere, all over the world, and we're going to be competing in real time with one another. But like what Anna said was that you know the most important part of this race is the assist their teammates because the top runner can only run one lap further than the second place runner. So when that second place runner drops out, like let's say me and Anna are running, and I'm running, and I'm looking over at Anna, and I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to beat her. And we're the only two runners. I might as well drop out because I'm not going to beat Anna. Like, I know that. And so I might as well drop out. But then, Anna, you can do one more loop, and then your country is done. Yeah. Right? And so, really, Anna, you're going to look over at me and say, Dave, you look like crap. But I need you to come and, 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 and Anna, one of the other thoughts, and maybe I shouldn't be telling you all this because my Canadian teammates are going to kick my butt for, for even suggesting this, but we were even thinking about towing at the end. I need to find out from Laz if that's going to be allowed. Like, let's say you and I are running. Let's say we both lived in Sweden. Yeah. And you're looking fantastic and I'm looking terrible. Um, could you tow me with a rope? Oh, that's, that's a good idea, but I don't think... But, I mean, there is basically no rule against it, I, I guess. Maybe we should keep that between us. Maybe hold. So, Joe, let's not let's not broadcast this uh, this podcast. This Until, uh, podcast. October. Also, like, feel maybe like we can take a wagon or something, so we can actually pull uh, the other person around. In that case, That's right? A wagon, exactly. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that's a good idea. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. mind to be pulled around on a on a wagon, like if that would help someone else. And if you if you ever wanted to run an ultra marathon pulling me in a wagon, I, I'm, I'm game. Yeah, me too. I'll be in. I think you know, in adventure racing, you are able to um, to pull someone along, and that's allowed because you all have to finish at the same time. So you're only as fast as the slowest person in in an adventure race. So since this is a team race it's probably you know reasonable to assume that that's okay uh, because you're all working together and you know you have that fixed time that really does create that diabolical nature of it so even if you're pulling them along they could slow you down enough that you wouldn't really get to where you want to so i don't know if you'd get enough advantage you might get an extra lap but i'm not sure you Get I basically work. think it's uh, it's uh, it's it's dead when uh, <laughs> when the the, the last the, well the assist doesn't want to run anymore doesn't or can't run anymore. I think it will be everyone will have a hard time like dragging someone around for six point seven kilometers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I could just imagine like let's say there's four countries left, Anna, and it's you know Canada, Sweden, Norway, and the United States, and and we, let's say we have two runners left in Canada. There's two runners left in Sweden. And we're looking at the broadcast and I'm looking over at Anna and you look, you look like garbage. Like you look like you're about to drop out. And I might say to that second other runner, I'm like, hey, look at them. Like, let's hang in there for one more because yeah. we could go from fourth to third or third to yeah. second. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I know you guys are having that same conversation over in Sweden about us. 
Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah, you have a point. I have never really thought about this with ropes and everything, but it's uh, you g gave me a lot of new ideas now. Oh no! If I if I see if you guys beat us because you're pulling somebody in a rope, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> you know, it's all. Uh, I'll be like, oh, I need to keep my big mouth shut. Yeah, I, I, I get a lot of lot more, uh, lot new ideas right now. So that that's nice. Yeah. Well, I I think it's just such a dynamic. Back, I think, I think carry on the back would be easier. Yeah, I, I would like to see that. I would love to see that. Yeah, no, I think it's it's a very unique event. With um, you know, you know, some people are saying, "Hey, you know what? Just shut it down." I mean, if you can't do the real race, then don't do the real race. What Laz said, he said, you know, he's not a big, big fan of the quarantine backyard races because it's not really head to head. You know, like yeah. Anna, you could be running, and you did run the quarantine backyard race up in a, on a frozen lake up in northern Sweden. But you're doing it alone, really. Um, and I was running on my treadmill, you know, right behind me here in, in Canada. And so we were right, we we're racing one another, we we're running with one another, but we really weren't looking at one another in the start line, in the eye, and sizing up one another. And, you know, you go running away from me, I go running away from you. And that, that really does matter. But this way, Laz said, no, 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 no. Like you guys are racing one another mm. uh, in your countries. In a safe manner, because you know we're not traveling and we're not bringing COVID everywhere. We're not part of the problem. We're we're just you know racing, and we're able to do this and compete countrywide. So I I I, I, I like that because it, it I will be I will be running against the other Canadians. Yeah. But ultimately against the Swedes and against the New Zealanders and so forth. Yeah, I I understand why last one to have it this way. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm not sure. I and I think maybe he's right, but I don't like it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So do you think, Anna? You know, living in a, you know a tougher climate and a you know pretty different kind of place makes you a better ultra runner because you have to live with the conditions and you can't make a lot of excuses because you know you're either running in the dark or the cold half of the year and there's a lot of you know. You know, stuff in your way do you think it makes you a better ultra runner in some way i do because uh, uh of course you get get more used to like harsh conditions especially like if it's cold or rainy or something like that but it's in some ways also makes me more easily bored because i think it's when i think it's fun when it start rain or if it comes a storm or something mm. um and i would really like to that in a race as well uh, I think it's super boring when everything is just like smooth and it's it goes like according to plan and everything. So I think it's uh, it's also makes me more a little bit more impatient. Hmm. Uh, if you if you count on like, but if you if you look just at training wise, I think it also makes me me stronger because sometimes well I often go on long runs and I want to, to like see new places. And then I end up being really tired, but then I realize, well, I still have another 30 or 40 Ks back home and uh, there is no one that's going to come here and pick me up and I have no connection on my phone or anything like that. So I kind of just have to make it back. Uh, so I think, of course, that, that's, that's good. It, 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 it trains you and you have no, um, mm -hmm. you can't quit. So that's, that's perfectly fine. Uh, that, that's very good. But it's, uh, yeah, sometimes you get very tired. <laughs> 
Uh, but ty- but being tired is part of the, the, the human experience, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and I, 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 I think that, you know, we live in a space of comfort in, in this yeah. world. You know, you know, me, you and Joe go to the grocery store and there's 20,000 food items you didn't need to hunt, gather, grow, prepare. And yet here we are, you know, redefining what's hard and painful and suffering and, you know, challenging. Um, you know, so I guess, you know, Anna, what you're saying is that, you know, by, by living where you live and by having, you know, the extreme weather conditions that you have, you know, they, they just become your normal. And by going and doing things like, and I, whenever I talk about running, I, I never really talk about pain and suffering and agony. I think of it as being like, hey, this is the best part of my day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, being tired is, is a good feeling. Yeah. It's the greatest feeling. Um, it's not like, oh, I'm so tired. This is, I'm going to kill myself here. No, no, this is, this is, this is a part of it. And this is, this is the enjoyable piece. Is that, is that kind of how you feel about being out in nature and being exhausted? You feel, you feel alive? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, I think that's why I run too, because that's, I mean, you never feel more alive than when you are out on the mountain and you're actually like really tired, uh, but you feel like your body just keeps going and it's, um, you have the wind in your hair and it's, you see the reindeers and it's, uh, you hear the birds and everything. So it's, I think it's definitely, it's, uh, it's kind of wakes you up in a sense. Um, because usually like in daily life, you don't have to think so much and you can just like go from A to B and uh, mm-hmm. keep do your routines. But I think, uh, um, yeah, you start to feel more when you run. Yeah. So I, I, I know I'm not the only one who um, is listening to this podcast right now um, and really taken by you, Anna, because your curiosity and joy um, are pretty cool. Like, you know, you, you, you go out and do these things that we, that you know, 99.9% of the population just would dream of doing, but you talk about it in such a, a, a curious, fun, joyful manner. It's, it's really quite contagious, you know? And so, you know, within three years, Anna, you've come a hell of a long way. Um, with the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, we, we always, you know, conclude our, our, our interviews by asking, our guests and I'm super curious about what you're gonna what you're gonna bring to the table here but you know what's tomorrow for for Anna Carlson I mean you know what are you doing um what's what 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 does tomorrow look like for you next year the next decade I think the biggest biggest problem I would say is that I want to try everything uh, and I want to do everything and it's uh, uh so I I really don't know uh, but I think uh, definitely I'm running like uh, long um, I, I hope I've got into even longer races like the 200 miles like the Tao maybe uh, and uh, like the long technical ultra trails uh, because that's where what I really love and uh, I feel that's where I belong in my heart and then I think all the backyards and other races is good it's good training and it, because it learns you a lot uh, but I think uh, I and hope I will be racing and running long distance races in beautiful places in the mountains um, like that. You know, the good thing is um, <clears throat> that this is a sport that allows us to go for a long time in our lives. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, because we can both uh, just get out and be out, but, you know, actually 
think we get stronger uh, as we go along. And a lot of ultra running is in the mind as much as it is in the body. And I think we, we learn, you know, even silly things like how not to get blisters, which can make us do better, you know, so just even that part of it. But, uh, and then I think we're, you know, we're such a new sport that uh, we haven't probably even completely, you know, seen all, you know, that could happen. So I think you're, your goals are going to be met. Is there any race uh, particularly that you would, uh, if you had a choice that you could be in? Yeah, I really want to run the Tahoe actually. Okay. Um, uh, because I want to do a 200 miler. And I think uh, the longer distance is, is something that would, uh, that will suit me. I think definitely I, I'm strong enough to do it, but right now I'm, I kind of, need a little bit more experience i think to be a good to good at running 200 uh, miles because i i haven't really done that long races so i think it, it's as you say it's it's a lot more a lot about the mental things but it's also one long race in uh, the french alps it's mm -hmm. for i can't pronounce it toward the giants toward the giants giants mm -hmm. it's uh, i think it's uh, 20 230 kilometers and it's uh, really a lot of elevation as well so it's, um, I think that's kind of my two dream races and of course of course the Barclays as well yes yes well mm -hmm. we uh, we very much appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck uh, in October when uh, Sweden takes on Canada and we do have probably an American team that'll do pretty well too. We'll see uh, mm -hmm. who we recruit for the U S team. And um, yeah, we appreciate you getting on. Excuse me. I think your team is decent. <laughs> I would say, yeah. Hearing along. I'll be watching. And uh, Anna, thanks for getting on. Really appreciate uh, you spending some time with us and we're going to track your career and cheer you on and, you got two big fans with me and Dave, so thanks very much. Thanks for bringing me and uh, for a nice chat. All right, take care. Thank you, Anna. Hey, Dave, Anna is just way too cool, and it's not just from living in the north of Sweden. I mean, she's humble and understated, an amazing competitor. I mean, she's only been running ultras for three years, and she's already on top of the sport. Imagine what's going to happen over the next three to five years. I'm just glad we got her on the show before she became untouchable. I look forward to seeing how she and Sweden do in Laz's virtual backyard on October 18th. Well, here's the good news, Dave. Episode 15, we're going to have Maggie Goodrell on. And as you know, she won bigs last year. I think our guests are going to have to find out what I mean by that. I mean, she just turned 40 and showing that we can be at the top of our sport for many years to come. How cool is that? Well, that's a wrap for this week. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Performance Tea. You can find them on www.performancetea.com. And they've given us a discount code for any of our listeners to get 20% off their purchase. Just use Chasing20, number 20, to get the discount. And if you have a topic or a guest you'd like to see on the show, Email us your ideas to info at chasingtomorrowpodcast.com. And a huge thank to our listeners for coming with us on this journey in Chasing Tomorrow with us. Thanks very much.